Alright folks, on today's episode of the Sports Rat Podcast, we got a lot to cover. I'm going to update you on the seven biggest points in the NFL's collective bargaining agreement. I'm going to talk a little bit about the mock draft and how the Eagles will play out in that draft. I'm going to also talk about the WNBA, who may have a little safe place for us, a saving grace for us sports fans with some live sports in their virtual draft that is being proposed. And we're going to talk some NBA and some other stuff sprinkled in between. So, if you are ready, I am ready. Let's get it cracking. Alright, folks. It is that time, folks. It's your boy, D. I'm here. Sports Rap, Heat 100 Radio. You know what it is. You know what we do. And... It looks like I will be flying solo today, but nonetheless, you got me. So let's do this. You know, I always hold it down when I am in here all alone. So let's get it cracking. Let's do what we do and tune in. The boss ladies tuned in. Thank you for tuning in. I'm waving. Cousin Alicia Martinez, thanks for tuning in. Everybody else that chimed in, Larry, Coach Manigo, Alany Eagles, what's happening? So listen. I'm going to give you some quick updates, just real quick. Then we're going to get into the meat of the show. And like I mentioned in my post, we're going to have some fun with it today. Um, I'm going to throw some things in between, maybe ask some questions, throw some things out there, and see what kind of feedback I get. Uh, Recently, I've been getting a lot of feedback on the topics that I've been bringing to you um, in this quarantine. So I'm going to try and keep your spirits up. I am definitely going to try to bring you whatever news I can bring you when I get it, as I get it. So, here we go. To start off today, as you know, things are still being canceled. Things that are coming up within this month. So, most recently, the British Open has now been canceled. And, surprisingly, I don't know how many people watch The Masked Singer. uh, But I watch it from time to time. I'm not a consistent watcher of it. Uh, But what I've seen from it, it's a pretty good show. Uh, I really enjoyed the first season, and good morning, boss lady. I I really enjoyed the first season, um, and I was surprised at who the winner was in that first season. So, you know, it's a good show. Like I said, I'm not a very consistent watcher, but the show is a good show. It's entertaining, and it'll help you get through this quarantine if you've watched everything else on Netflix and Hulu or whatever. But nonetheless, the British Open is canceled. Uh, If you want a little bit of a sports fix, the NBA on ESPN has been hosting or the players have been hosting a 2K NBA 2K tournament and you can watch these games being streamed on ESPN 2. They are into the second round now. They finished out the first round yesterday and I posted who was playing who yesterday. Uh, Once I get through my notes and stuff and get results, I'll either give them to you live or post them later. But they usually start around 6 p.m. and it's usually four games. So it's like 6, 7, 8, and 9 o'clock is usually the last game start. So it's another little fix for you. And also, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, the sports channels and some of the other channels that host sporting events like CBS and a little bit of Fox have been airing uh, older games. Uh, The other day, Saturday... Uh, I watched, they were, NBA, ESPN was playing best finals games, and they were playing, like, all closeout games. Uh, the first one that I actually saw and watched, and really watched it again, was Kobe's final game, 
the big 60-point game, which is a great game because the Lakers were losing and came back and won that game. So there is stuff floating around. Uh, and, again, like I always say, Loose, what's going on? Jack Loose from the Jack Loose experience yesterday. What's going on, my guy? Um, yeah, uh, the, 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 the tournament and – no, I wasn't talking about the tournament. See, people – I'm glad you all are tuned in and chiming in, but uh, that game, the Kobe game, his last game, in the Forum, in the Staples Center. Sorry, the Forum, I'm an old basketball fan. So in the Staples Center, his last game, the 60-point game, was a great game. Like I said, the Lakers were losing for most of that game, and they fought. Kobe fought, put them on his back, and won that game in his last game with a, a tremendous, tremendous, brilliant, and just super performance for his last game in the NBA and in the Staples Center. So, again, folks, there, there's stuff that you can watch. Um, and, of course, you know, you just watch stuff over again. There is a third season of Ozark on Netflix. There's some other stuff on Netflix. And a lot of the uh, TV services are adding channels or giving you service for free for, like, two weeks because of the quarantine. So maybe you can find something new to catch up on, but you're going to have to binge watch because it's only for the 14 days, possibly for the two weeks. But... Let's get back in. Um, speaking, getting back to real quick, the masked singer, uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, former tight end for the New England Patriots, has been doing a lot since his retirement. And one of the things I, I do love about Gronk is his spirit, his energy. He's always, always lively, bubbling, and in a great mood. Uh, so just a quick announcement. He entered WWE and he eventually won the 24-7 championship at the most recent WrestleMania. Uh, it's all over the sports uh, stuff. It's on Bleacher Report. It's on ESPN. So you can Google it and catch a clip of what he did to win. Mark Ricci, what's going on, my brother? Richard Drummond, what's happening? You guys stay tuned. I got some stuff sprinkled in, especially you two guys might want to chime in on some of these things I got. So... That being said, uh, 2020 Hall of Fame inductees, I posted this and a lot of people gave me some kudos for it. And I'm giving the NBA super kudos for this. So if you're with me, you can applaud with the NBA. Uh, Kobe will go in posthumously. Um, we knew he would go in regardless of the unfortunate situation. But for them to do this immediately, I think is a great feat uh, and that of a lot of humility and a lot of respect for the man and for his game and what he did for the game of basketball. So the 2020 Hall of Fame inductees are going to be Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Tamika Catchings, Coach Kim, Kim Mulkey, Coach Barbara Stevens, the great Coach Eddie Sutton, Rudy Tomjanovich, and as an executive, Patrick Bauman. So those are your 2020 Hall of Fame inductees coming up. Now, people, I'm going to get into, I'm going to juggle around a little bit. And while I'm here, as I got this right in front of me, I'm going to talk my NBA stuff uh, real quick. And we all know what's going on with the NBA. The NBA is suspended or, you know, as everything else is. But one of the things that the NBA has been trying to do, they have been uh, optimistically trying to salvage any part of the season, which I, I don't think will happen um, at this point. It's not looking good for them. Uh, 
And so they are preparing for the draft, which is in June. And they are also in heavy, heavy talks discussing the players and their salaries. So the NBA is projecting or proposing and talking to the players now and preparing to get the players to take a 50% pay reduction. Yeah, I said it. The NBA is proposing to the players and asking them to take a 50% pay reduction. All right, people. Anybody that's tuned in, you know where we are. Facebook Live, Sports Rat Radio Show, the group page. So, Mark Ricci, Richard Drummond, I know you're listening. Anybody else? Larry Manigo, I know you're tuned in now. The question I have right now, and this is part of the fun, and, and this is just some fun. Uh, I just want to see what people think, what your opinions are on this. Uh, and, and I'm almost certain that there's a lot of people from the outside looking in that will say, uh, or as we call us ourselves, this average Joes or the working class would very easily say, yeah, they can get back 50%. They make up, upwards of uh, double-digit millions, most of the players. So you're taking a pay cut, 50%. Um a lot of people, like I said, us working class people, a lot of us would say that shouldn't be an issue, that shouldn't be a problem. But here's here's my take. And this is one way I thought about it. And I thought about it that way as well with, uh, you know, saying uh, they make so much money, it wouldn't be a problem for them to take a 50% pay cut. But then I started thinking a little bit more. And, you know, I like to have more than one avenue when I talk to people because I thought about bringing it up on the air. So I had to be able to see more than one side of the situation or like we like to say both sides of the fence. So my next thought process was the time frame that the season ended and when the season stopped for on an average for the good for the bulk of the NBA, uh, there were about 17 games left in the regular season. And then I understand the playoffs were coming. And there's one, two, three rounds in the playoffs. Money, what's going on, my guy? Stay safe, homie. I got a quick, I'm going to give some shout outs to my other people that are on the front lines doing all this too. So, money, you can check this out too. So, Like I said, there were about 17 games left when the season ended. And then you look at the playoffs as well. And like I said, there's usually three rounds in the playoffs. Quarterfinals, semifinals, conference finals, and then final. Maybe four rounds. Yeah, let me get wrong. My math is a little off. It's early in the morning. But anyway, I initially thought, Claude, what's going on, my guy? I haven't heard from you in a while. Hope all is well with you. Uh, I I thought initially, like I thought, the 50% would be okay. Then, like I said, I, I thought... And dug a little bit deeper. And I don't know, really know if 50% is is fair for what was remaining uh, during the season. Like I said, it was 17 games left. And, and let's just say there's four, four rounds in the playoffs. So that's for each particular team possibly just taking the number of games. That's another 28 games. Four sevens is 28. 
You add that to the 17 remaining games of the regular season, that gives you about 35 games, right? 35 games is almost half the season. It's almost. So what do you think, people? It is 50% too much? Um, is the NBA reaching? And what will be done, more importantly, why now are they asking for this pay cut? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, we have everybody's out. A lot of people are out of work. So sports guys, athletes, they're out of work. Restaurateurs are out of work. Servers. A lot of people are out of work, including these millionaire professional athletes. So I ask my people, if you're tuned in, is 50% too much? Is it not enough? Let me know. I personally think that for where they were in the season, like I said, and I just did some math real quick, but just the way the season, and we all know that in, in, those, in those playoff series, I mean, what's the, what are the chances of every series going seven games? Seven games? Not, not, really, not really high. So you could probably take, if that was 35 games, you could probably take about maybe 10 I'm just reaching maybe. Maybe take about 10 games off of that. You're down to 25 now. So let's just go with that. Just to play devil's advocate, throw it out there. 25 games for the NBA, for their salaries. Is 25 games, is it too much for the NBA to be asking for them to give take a 50% pay cut? Let me hear it, people. I know you're tuned in, so get your thoughts together. Get it going. And I'm going to leave that there so you know what it is. You heard it, and I'm going to move on. Now, they also have been talking about, and this is when they were talking about trying to salvage the season, which, again, I, I really don't think that um, that is, is going to happen. So, we got our first comment, Larry Manigo. He says, I don't think 50% is too much, but we still have to think about a lot of the players are donating money out to their cities. Larry, you are absolutely correct. Um, there are a lot of players who are helping out in more ways than one. There are some that are don't helping and donating money to the arena staff that are now uh, unemployed. They're donating money to COVID-19. Jackie Bridges, what's going on, my friend? They are donating to several other things. So I think that's a good point, Larry. Thank you for chiming in. Again, Larry says, I don't think the 50% is too much, but we still have to think about a lot of the players that are donating money. So I think with, what he, with that being said, and I'm just going to piggyback off of that, and here's just a quick thought that I had because I just read that twice. One of the things that they could think about doing is maybe a lesser percent to the people that are donating or don't even charge them the 50 percent or don't even propose the 50 percent pay cut. Have the players donate to the arena staff, to the cities, to COVID-19 research or whatever. I think that would be a whole lot better. I think that would fly and go over a whole lot better with the players and the players association. So 
getting back to my previous point before, but thanks again, Larry, for chiming in. Um, the NBA was also thinking of using Las Vegas as a salvaging point. And, you know, a lot goes on in Vegas uh, around this time. It's usually preparing for the summer league, uh, the pre-draft camp, the combine, and all that. And they, and they were thinking about getting teams in for the playoffs, having these, having these guys tested so they can get a playoff series or a couple, to get the playoffs in, if you will. It's a lot, it's a lot to have to make that happen. And with things that are going on right now, I don't think it would be feasible. Uh, real quick, again, Larry Manigo, to what I had just mentioned. I agree, the ones that are donating don't need, to, don't need a pay cut, but the ones that are not doing anything, they need to take a pay cut. I agree. I think that would be a better way to propose it, and then I think more of the players would get involved. Like I said, you donate. Get them to donate the money uh, to research or get them to do something in their city you know that the team or the, the team that they represent you know i think that would go over a little bit more a little bit better with the players than just proposing them a 50 percent pay cut because at that point like i mentioned um a lot of us working class at that point you kind of have to put them in that same situation and i understand the money the money is way different but the overall concept is pretty much the same. I'm working, and this is my job. Unfortunately, uh, due to means beyond my control, I cannot work. So you're going to take 50% of my money because, or you want to propose that I take a 50% pay cut because I can't work? Uh, I think 50% is a little bit much, but, you know, it is what it is, and that's what they're proposing. So, again, the, the NBA at one point when they were – Still being optimistic, overly optimistic, I believe, about salvaging the season. They wanted to try and bring teams in, players in for playoffs in Vegas where they could do a lot, you know, over the summer. Uh, the playoffs would run right into the summer league, the combine. But like I mentioned, with everything going on, the virus, COVID-19, it would be extremely tough. Because it's a lot of legwork, it's a lot of outside things that needed to be that would need to be done to make that happen. And right now, with so many people out of work, so many people not being able to work, um, and I don't think it, it would be able to happen. I don't think it would go over well because I don't think there were the angles would not be all covered, if you will. It, it just I don't think it would happen. Uh, you know, so it's looking more like there will not be a salvage to this NBA season, and we pretty much understand that. Uh, Larry comes back and says, but a lot of them still have endorsements that are still paying them. You're absolutely right. So, like I said, just proposing that, and when I say this, uh, you know, like Larry's bringing up a lot of great points. There are ways, there are other ways that you can sit down and talk about it. I think that that was just one thing that they threw out there and thought that it would fly. But, and they're discussing it. Like, it's not mandated that they do it. But I think they need to have a little bit more respect for the players as far as the players being the people that are working, that are playing the games. I think they should give them uh, more than one option, if you will, um, about this situation. Don't just say, oh, well, yeah, we can take this money and that money. 
or we propose a 50% pay cut, um, like I said, have them donate. Have them do something in their city. Uh, you know, it, it's other ways that could be done. Like I said, you've got guys that are donating. So how do you think those guys are going to feel if you say, oh, well, we're going to take a 50% pay cut, but I'm still donating. So now I'm taking possibly a 75% pay cut, if you look at it, depending on how much I'm donating. So now, you know, what about me? And I understand my lifestyle, my pay level is way higher than the, you know, the normal working class. But if you give them, uh, if you're finding ways, Frank, what's going on? If you're finding ways to let them maintain their living from what they were before this all hit, why shouldn't I be allowed the same luxury? I should be able to afford my step, my lifestyle or my style of living while we're in this pandemic. Um, I agree with that. So, you know, it, it's other ways that things can be done. Now, they're also, for our entertainment purposes, it's being also talked about it proposing a horse tournament. Now, the question becomes, uh, how are we going to do this? Uh, you know, they've got the stream of the NBA 2K, and the way they did it is really, really good. You have the middle of the screen is, the, you know, the game, the guys, the players are actually playing. And then the top left and top right corners, you have the two players wherever they are, home, playing, you know, on their console. So I think it would be a little bit difficult um, to get a horse tournament or, yeah, horse game going on and because you guys have to shoot the ball. Um, I don't know if you would have people get – you have – it would be really difficult, like I said, with all this stay, all these stay-at-home orders all around the country, all around the world. I think it would be extremely difficult to get into a building, uh, a gym, and have a film crew to stream it or, you know, for the entertainment of the fans. But these are some of the names that would be – that have been projected as in three different categories who might be good for this competition. So – what um, I saw was there were dream selections of James Harden, LeBron James, and Kevin Durant. These are just some names that I'm throwing out. Uh, the intriguing options, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, or Lou Williams. And then there's others, Buddy Hill and Duncan Robinson. So, folks, while we are here in the NBA, and I just gave you that horse competition, Tay, what's going on, my guy? Uh, fellas, Richard Drummond, Frank, Tay, uh, Richard, I said Richard Drummond, Mark Ricci, Larry Manigo, NBA horse tournament. Without these guys that I, uh, without these guys that I um mentioned, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Lou Williams, Duncan Robinson, Buddy Hill. Any other names in the NBA that you would think of that you could bring into um, a horse competition? Oh, wow. You know, I can come up with some names real quick right off the top of my head. And, you know, still chime in, folks. I'm here. Let me know what you think. Uh, I think you could possibly add Trey Young because some of the shots that he takes in games are, are ridiculous. Steph Curry, of course, and I don't know why he was not one of the other man. And I understand he's injured, but we're just hypothetically speaking. Uh, Clay Thompson, I think, would be pretty good. In that, in this competition, uh, you know, those are just some people off the top of my head. I'm not 
you know, um, limiting to anybody, limited to any one, none of my favorites. But these are just people that I think, you know, could add some fun, some excitement to it. And it's really interesting how they are, the NBA, and I'm talking about when I say they, are really, really reaching, really trying to get us to uh, some sports. So I want to get into what do we got here? We got it is 25 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. So I'm going to go through this real quick. Now, last thing I got for this segment is um, I saw this article and I thought it was pretty cool. Thought it was unique. They it was a simulation of NBA playoffs. And uh, I'm going to go through this round by round. Just tell you who the teams were and how many games they had projected um, <laughs> to win, whether it was a sweep or whatever. So they start off in the East in the first round. They had the Bucks over the Magic in the sweep, which was more than likely the 1-8 seed. The 2-7 uh, was probably was more than likely is the Raptors over the Nets. They have the Raptors taking that in a sweep again. The 3-6, which is an intriguing battle, um, I kind of differ with their outcome of this. They have the Celtics over the Sixers in, in six games. I, I don't agree with that, um, albeit the Sixers have been, had been, playing as poorly as they were uh i think that or i felt that them moving or falling to the sixth spot and not getting miami in the first round would have helped them i i still think that at three six they could beat boston in six or seven games so i disagree with that one uh, again that four or five in the east would be the heat over the pacers in five games we move into the west the Lakers over the Grizzlies in four games in the sweep. The Clippers over the Mavericks in five games. The Rockets over the Nuggets in seven. The Thunder over the Jazz in seven. That is the first round. So, Sixers fans, let me know what you think. Like I said, the article I read, they had the Sixers falling to the Celtics in six games. I, again, myself, I kind of disagree with that. Albeit where the Sixers were when the season stopped, I still think that they would have been able to beat Boston. I thought, I felt like them falling to the sixth seed was a little help for them and and being able to move out of the first round. Um, I was just a little, little unstable with that Miami series in the first round. Moving on to the second round, they have, and this is what they have, the Celtics over the Raptors. Um... I honestly think that if the Sixers got to this point, because they would have won this round, I think they would have beat the Raptors this year in seven games. And that's why they have where they have this, the Celtics over the Raptors in seven. They have the Bucks over the Heat in five. Then you have the Lakers over the Thunder in five games. And the Clippers over the Rockets in six. We move on to the conference finals. You got the Lakers over the Clippers in seven games. The Bucks over the Celtics in seven games. Moving to the finals, they had the Lakers over the Bucks in six games. Frank says he thinks the Sixers will beat Boston. I agree. Now, the other question I have is, 
I think that this might go the other way. Frank's not going to like this because he's a Lakers fan, but I just feel that the Clippers would overtake the Lakers in seven in a seven-game series. Just my opinion because of the makeup of the rosters. Yeah, they beat the Thunder, Frank. Of course, they beat the Thunder. Frank says the Lakers beat the Thunder. Yeah, they beat the Thunder. They should. There's no reason why they shouldn't beat the Thunder. But I'm talking in the conference finals. Yeah, Larry, we still need a coach. You know, that's a definite question. Um, and unfortunately, the season stopped when it stopped because, you know, this was la this was Brett's last hoorah. Yeah, Lakers beat the Bucks in seven. Frank, you wish. I still think the Clippers beat them in the conference finals in seven games. So with that being said, going to take a break. When I come back, we are going to get into a little bit more NBA. We're going to talk about this mock draft, see where people are. Yeah, Larry, I'm glad you appreciate that basketball school. He agrees. Larry Manningo agrees, Frank. So it's two to one. You outnumbered. Larry says, I agree. The, Lake the Clippers will take the Lakers in the seventh game. I agree. That being said, again, when we come back, I will go through the NBA mock draft, give you some highlights, some points on that, and move into the NFL collective bargaining agreement, finer points, and the rest of the show. It's your boy. We'll be back with the second half of Sports Rap Podcast. Peace. All right, folks, we are back with part two of Sports Rap Quarantine Chronicles. Here we go. All right, folks, we are back with our second half of this show. Back again, once again, live on Facebook, Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page. So get over there, tune in, chime in, like some people have. I appreciate everybody that was tuned in. Took a quick break. Now we are back. Before I get into uh, the second half or the second part of this uh, show today, I have to give some shout-outs. Uh, I got to give shout-outs to my frontline people, friends and family members that I know. Kitty Wilson, what's going on? To my friends and family, and I'm not going to give everybody by name, but my folks, I'm doing this announcement. If you're tuned in, you know who you are. This will be posted on Facebook, so you'll see it uh, when other people, when everybody else sees it as well. So, like I said, I'm not going to give you all by name, but the folks that I know, my co-workers, uh, appreciate you all. Essential personnel of the city of Philadelphia and juvenile justice and the prison system, security, the nurses and medical staff there, medical staff in general, healthcare professionals in general, anyone that is out here on the front lines, um, I thank you. I appreciate you for doing what you're doing in this crazy time. Anyone that is out uh, doing things in their community, donating food donating services checking out checking on the elderly doing what you can to help your community and help your family stay safe in this madness so i i give you all kudos for that um i applaud you and i appreciate you and sports rat and heat 100 radio appreciate you for doing what you do like i said it's too many people for me to mention individually or by name but you people know who you are and just know that you are being thought about. You are appreciated. Ball, what's going on, my guy? Especially from us. It's coming from the heart, from me, from my co my coworkers here, and, you know, the radio station here, Heat 100 Radio. We definitely, definitely appreciate what you do. So we salute you 
in that uh, matter. Jack Jackie Bridges is back. Tune in. What's going on? So, uh, I just got an alert. Um, and when we talked in the first portion of the show, we talked about that 50% proposed uh, pay cut for the NBA and their salaries. We also talked about uh, proposing it a little differently to them, as presenting it to them as give a donation, um, not take 50% of their pay, make them or ask them to give a donation. But that, uh, ironically and just fitting, I just saw a poster. Jason Tatum and Bradley Bill will be working together. Um, they're going to donate food in Boston, where Tatum plays, and they're both going to do it in their hometown of St. Louis. So kudos to them for uh, getting in their hand in the mix and doing what they can in their communities, their communities in Boston and their home community uh, in St. Louis. That's a great thing, and I applaud you guys for that. And everyone else, uh, athletes, whoever else, like I said, is supporting people or making donations in this time of tragedy, uh, you are definitely, definitely appreciated, and I, I support you in your efforts. Uh, again, I posted it yesterday, so I want to give a shout-out Tyler Perry's post. He donated $42,000 tip for restaurant workers wherever he was at. So everybody got everybody there, 42 employees. He left a $42,000 tip, which if you do the math, as you know, everyone got $1,000, which I think was great on his part as well. So now we're going to continue with our show. We are going to get into this NBA draft. And I, I'm guessing that the NBA will now take a page out of the WNBA or take a page from the WNBA's book and have a virtual draft, which looks like that will be the possible case. Money, what's going on? So, yeah, money, I said it. I think the Sixers would still beat y'all in this 3-6 battle if it had went on. I just like our chances better against y'all than I did against Boston. It's no no disrespect. You know, we always joke with each other. You're the Boston fan. I'm the Sixers fan. Like the rest of us down the way. But I don't know, man. I just don't like, you know, basketball-wise, after that one game when they blew the heat out here, then the way the rest of that season series went, I really didn't like our chances against them. I thought we had a better chance playing you guys. So, again, I felt like the Sixers would have beat Boston in the uh, first round of the playoffs in about six games. I don't think it would have went seven. I think it would have went six at the most. So, unfortunately, in this draft coming up, it's going to be – it's projected to have a very, very unusual team picking number one. And that team could possibly be the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, there, there was a moment of silence. You didn't – I didn't do anything. I didn't kick any plugs out or anything. I didn't fall out or anything like that. I just wanted to take a moment and get my head back on straight after saying that because it is very, very strange uh, to have that even projected. Um, you know, with, with all the success that they've had in the past few years – you would never expect them to be this far at the bottom. Uh, with the injuries and the departure of Kevin Durant, you did expect, yeah, you expected a little fall off, or you expected a fall off. I'm not even going to say little. You expected a fall off. But, I mean, nobody expected it to be where it was. So them possibly uh, getting the number one pick, 
And usually when you when you talk about this number one pick, there's usually a general consensus. Um, I think that changes this year in the draft. I don't honestly see a consensus number one pick in the draft this year, albeit the season was shortened, the NCAA season was shortened, there was no tournament, so a lot of these seniors, juniors, and, you know, guy for uh, one and dunners would not really be able or not able to really showcase their talents for NBA teams within the tournament. So I think that's a loss or a hurt for a lot of those guys. But again, I don't think that there is a consensus uh, number one pick. And I say that more and a lot in part of because who possibly could have the number one pick the Golden State Warriors. And, and, you know, they're going to bank on the health of Steph Curry and Clay uh, whenever, whenever the season res- resumes, which will probably be the 2021 season. Uh, so that means they should be healthy in, in that right. And it depends on, for them, it depends on what avenue uh, they wanted to go. Unlike the last couple of years, the Sixers and the Pelicans, Teams like that that were starting to make a, a rise up, you know, they had consensus number one picks uh, the last several years, if you will. And at that particular point, the teams that had those number one picks, the Pelicans, the Sixers, at one point, the Lakers had high picks. Not number one, but I'm talking high, like one, two, three, maybe even pushing one through five. Um, they had needs. And, and for those teams, they had needs everywhere. So they had holes everywhere. So at that point, wherever they were, they just had to take whatever was available if they didn't have the number one pick and have that consensus number one player to pick. So I think this draft is going to be a little strange. Um, Again, it's going to be a lot of uncertainty about within this draft, a a lot of uncertainty in this draft. And a lot of people are going to um, go on – what they see on tape from an abridged NCAA season. So I look at the Sixers uh, pick, and right now they sit at 20, which could possibly, they could possibly get a higher pick than this because of that uh, Oklahoma City trade, and no one thought that Oklahoma City would be as good as they are. So that would help the Sixers, and that would give them an extra pick or a better pick than this 20. But Right now, it looks like they would be taking a forward from Florida State, Patrick Williams. He is listed at 6'8", 225, and he's a freshman, so he's a one-and-dunner. With the way this looks and who they drafted prior, Marielle Shyock, Matisse Thibel, some guys that they have on the roster, some additions that they have that they could possibly work out deals and keep, Alec Burks, Glenn Robinson Jr., Glenn Robinson III, I'm sorry, a guy like this at a number 20 pick would arguably or possibly spend a lot of time in the G League, um, considering coming from Florida State as a freshman at that forward spot. I mean, Mario Shayek is a forward. Uh, Matisse Thibel is a guard forward. So those are minutes that he would not get. Uh, Glenn Robinson the third is a forward. Alec Burks is a guard. So there's a minutes that would not be had for him. So... I don't know. They would probably get him and stash him in the G League, you know, to let him work on some things. Uh, They also, and this is that Thunder pick, 
what they're projecting to be number 22. They take Jameis Ramsey, a uh, shooting guard from Texas Tech. Uh, he is also a freshman, 18 years old, height 6'4", stand weighing 195. Uh, he would probably, if he was a surprise, uh, see, so he shot an impressive 42.6% from three-point land on 141 attempts. So, you know, it's possible he could come in and make an impact. Uh, it's also possible that he could be sent to the D League, to the you know, to the G League. Uh, Alexis Strong, how you doing? Thanks for tuning in. He could also spend a lot of time with the Blue Coats as I'm wearing the Blue Coats shirt today. Uh, shout out to my guy, Joe Richmond. Joe, I hope everything is well with you. Um, you know, I sent you a message just to check on you, whatever. I'll probably give you a call, if not later today, one day this week, just to check on you, you know, make sure all of my people are safe and well and taking care of themselves and taking every precaution to stay safe and remain safe. So, again, you know, the Sixers picks in this draft, unless they make trades or move up, will probably spend a lot of time in the G League unless one of these guys happens to just be a surprise. Uh, moving along with more picks, we go into the second round. They have four picks in the second round as of right now if they don't make any trades. Number 34, it has them taking Jalen Smith, the center out of Maryland, at 36. Tyler Bay, a power forward from Colorado. At number 49, uh, Killian Tilly, a power forward from Gonzaga. And via the Lakers, pick number 59, Miles Powell, uh, the shooting guard out of Seton Hall. So that is your NBA draft wrap-up. Round up, and it's been you know interesting talking about the NBA. Like I said, they are stretching, they want to try and get this horse tournament up and running. Which, again, I really don't think it's going to happen. But again, like we say, they are they are trying. I give them, I applaud them for their effort. Like we say, give them an A for effort for trying to rekindle something and give us some live sports. Now, before I get into the uh, NFL and their mock draft, I want to talk a little bit while I'm here about the WNBA. And, and you know, I mentioned um, in my post um, in the group page on Facebook that the NBA, the WNBA were the first, first to propose this uh, virtual draft because their season was quickly approaching um, this month. So, Training camps were allegedly set to start uh, the 26th for them, the season to begin on May 15th. Their, April, their draft will go as planned, but it will be a virtual draft, and that will be held on April 17th. Excuse me for one second. So that will definitely take place. So the first thing they had to do was they had to figure out how they would handle the draft. And it just won't be done in public. Uh, but there will it will take place on time. So like I said, they're going to do a virtual. So what they'll probably do is they'll have teams call in with their picks and they'll video conference with players who they draft and teams and all of that, things of that nature. Uh, it is really tough for the seniors. Um, you know, they have to make a decision on what they're going to do. Uh, the underclassmen, uh, teams, players have until tomorrow 
to declare for the draft, um, you know, that date has not changed. Uh, most of them have already made their choice. There's uh, UConn underclassman Megan Walker, Oregon Setsu Sabley, and Texas A&M's Kennedy Carter are going, have already committed to the draft. Um, and Arizona's Ari McDonald has chosen to stay in school. So, you know, it, it's really weird. Um, you know, it's going to be weird where you're actually watching a draft probably on a stream, if if they even stream it for live view. So that's another question that can be posed about this. So they are doing their due diligence, and I think, like I said, the NBA has come to uh, the understanding that they may need to do the same thing. There was, you know, a lot of talk about TV scheduling, um, and if – Excuse me. If the NBA had start restarted their season, how would they handle the uh, the conflicting schedules or the overlapping schedules? You know, the the seasons or the, the yeah the leagues usually overlap late in the season. Uh, the the NBA playoffs were like I think it was like that second or third round where they overlapped, which wasn't a lot. But if this were the case, the way it's set up right now and things were to go in place and the NBA were to start again, and the WNBA started, they would overlap a lot more. So it would be difficult. It would have been difficult scheduling games because some of the teams uh, share arenas. Um, in L.A., the Lakers and the Clippers and the Sparks share an arena. Uh, the Barclays Center is shared by the Liberty and the, and the Nets. The Lynx and the Timberwolves share an arena, the Target Center in Minneapolis. So it would have been diff it would be difficult to get these games in. You know, it would be a lot of adjusting, a lot of time changes and things of that nature. But again, like I said, I am not uh as optimistic as they are. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I will keep my ears to the street and report to you as soon as I get info on what is going to happen if something is going to happen. So now I want to get into the NFL again. And I brought up the finer points when it first came out about the collective bargaining agreement, what was proposed. Uh, we also went back and we talked about how it affects the players as opposed to the owners and all of that jazz. So now I just want to touch again and give you the seven finer points or the seven biggest changes within this new collective bargaining agreement. So buckle up, people, sit tight. I'm going to try and get this through, get through this where you can understand how your NFL season, whenever we get football again, whenever we get live sports, how it will change the makeup or the dynamics of the NFL. The first point is extended the season to 17 games. So initially a lot of people was like 17, you know, not 17 weeks. It's already 17 weeks. Okay. Now I'm guessing that the season would have to go into and maybe an 18 week season, but there are now 17 games, which makes the number of games an odd number. So it makes it more difficult uh, to 
supplant people and you know it makes it more entertaining for jockeying for position now with that odd number of games and this won't happen uh, until the 2021 season okay um yeah the league is jamming another game and there's no mention yet of adding another week into the season but this won't happen until 2021 which will probably be um no well it won't be 20 it won't be this coming season but the next season but it's going to happen uh one of the other things and the points of this 17 game season is more profits to be had and everything from ticket sales and television deals yeah uh it's always about the money right people uh the players are already endured injuries during their grueling schedule more games would eventually inevitably mean more damage so you know only one team will be the number one seed in each conference coming up. So what they just mentioned with the injuries and all of that stuff, it's going to play a big part. Uh, for the fans, though, it means that the season will now it'll begin a week earlier than newly truncated. Um, the preseason will have one game omitted from their schedule, so it will be three games instead of four. And it also means... Records, which have been falling left and right anyway, will undoubtedly be smashed by players with an extra game to play. I can see that happening as well. Uh, number two, the playoffs will expand from 12 to 14 teams. So there will be a third wild card berth added to each conference, which means there will be three games on Saturday and Three games on Sunday on Wild Card Weekend. That change will begin in the very next upcoming season that is proposed for 2020. And I say very next because we don't know when, if or when the season is going to start. But we are in this pandemic. So, like I said, it's projected for the 2020 season. And one of the things that is a little weird or a little strange is that this change with these two extra teams will add two middling teams to the postseason, which means they have that means that a team two teams that really shouldn't be in the playoffs just like that team that's like right there reaching and normally would have just reached and just not made it will now make it just to add another game to the weekend. Um, and just one team, again, Larry, thanks for tuning back in. Just one team, like I mentioned, will have the number one seed going into the playoffs and have that bye. So, as I mentioned weeks ago, we've already seen how the re the re the changing of the schedule with putting more division games on the back end of the schedule have made a play in the uh, seedings and everything and how they play out. Uh, one of the craziest ones, I believe, since that change has been this past season where they had a scenario where the 49ers could have fell from the number one seed possibly down to like the three or four seed. But that now is going to be even more intense because there's only one team that will be that will get a bye in each conference that will have the one first week off in the playoffs. Um, and unlike the 17-game schedule, this change will happen immediately. So this is going into effect as soon as football resumes and the playoffs start. This will be in play. Uh, number three, 
the roster size is, is increasing, including the practice squad. So the regular squad will expand from 53 to 55, and the practice squad will grow from 12 to 14 players. So that will add 128 more players earning NFL salaries. You know, it is what it is. You know, maybe that will help the players. Some of these guys can get their careers started or restarted. Number four, the players will get 48% of revenue share. Now, here's the thing. 48%, again, like I mentioned, uh, let me just tell you, the revenue share is the crux of every CBA negotiation between the NFL and the NBA players. So this is always a major, major point in it. So this time around, the players will be get a guaranteed 48% beginning in 2021, and it can increase to as much as 48.5, which according to NFL estimates will net players around $5 billion, around a $5 billion increase for players over the next 10 years. So here, here's something funny. So the NBA is proposing a 50% pay cut, and the NFL is now offering almost a 50% split in the uh, revenue. Uh, again, people looking at situations, you probably say, Herb, hey, what's happening, my guy? How you been, man? Long time. Uh, again, 48% to us average working people may be like, ah, oh, 48, why couldn't they give them the other 2% to make it 50, yada, yada, yada. Okay, here's the thing. Now we get back into where we can. And I remember when I talked about the NBA and I said, don't look at the numbers so much. In this situation, numbers are necessary because 48%, um, then it go, can go up to 48 and a half. You know, with the salaries that they make, you do the math on your own. 48% of that is pretty good as into what they do in revenues as far as concessions and sales and all of that nature, merchandising thing. Aaron, Cisco, what's happening, my friend? You know, with merchandising, rev uh, other revenue, merchandising, television deals, uh, stadium concessions, you know, 48% is not that bad a deal, okay? Number five, the players will get raises and fewer fines. So there will be a $100,000 increase, $100, increase in 2020 for rookie minimum minimums, another fifty thousand increase in 2021, and then forty-five thousand the year after that. Pretty good for me if you talk about it. Um, there will be at least a ninety thousand dollar increase in 2020 for other minimum salaried players, eighty to one hundred five in 2021, and forty-five each year after that. Rages for for practice squad players and performance-based pay pool increased. The rapidly increasing minimum salary is probably the biggest positive of the player's side of this agreement. I agree because they're getting raises and they're significant, if you will, uh, on each thing. you know. And this is good because nearly 60% of the league makes a minimum base salary. So that's another good point. Great point for the players. Um, the decrease in fines is not completely clear, 
but there will be an overall reduction in on-field fines. Um, there is also language in the CBA that will make it more difficult for players who plan to hold out in the fall. Number six, the NFL is going to cool it on marijuana punishments. So several states have decriminalized marijuana, and now there will be significantly less testing, uh, a much higher amount allowed, from a limit to 35 nanograms to 150, and no suspensions for players who test positive. So I'm giving a shout-out to my partner, Baldy, who we talked about this um, a while back when they were first beginning this um, legalization, uh, you know, and limiting uh, the marijuana laws in different several states. We, um, we wondered how this would play out for players around these all different sports leagues, and particularly we were talking NBA and NFL, because some of these players will, for their seasons, uh, reside in states that have lesser penalties or have legalized um, marijuana use. So we wondered how it would play out for them um, in that. So we see what happened. The NFL has taken a step, and hopefully other leagues will um, take a step and look at this as well regarding the different laws of the different cities or states that these businesses are in. Finally, the rookie contracts will increase for players who outplay them. So the one example they use with this um, is Patrick Mahomes clearly played out his rookie contract by a mile. But under the old collective bargaining agreement, it didn't mean much. So moving forward, players who excel early in their career will get a significant bonus. If a player makes the Pro Bowl twice in their first three seasons, their fifth-year option will spike to the price of the franchise tag. Not only will that mean more money for those players, but it could also, could also mean an early escape into free agency if a team is unwilling to open up the pocketbooks for a lofty extension. Uh, another example is Los Angeles Rams cornerback Jalen Ramsey who was due to receive $13.7 million from the Rams on his fifth-year option in 2020. So now, with the new CBA, his status as a three-time Pro Bowler will make that number jump another $3 million or so. So that'll make using the franchise tag on Jalen Ramsey in 2021 an extremely pricey venture for them. So he would get three more minutes. So that would be $16.7 million for that jump. And then if the Rams decide to franchise him in 2021 when he becomes a free agent, it would be very, very hefty, a very, very hefty price tag. So looking at that, I think there are some good points. There are quite a few good points in for the players, which I think is long overdue. Uh, I think the players have been shortchanged for a long time. But one of the things... I did not mention um, that has not been mentioned. Tay, what's going on? Glad you back tuned in. Uh, one of the things, and this is one of the things that one Eric Reed has also very, very adamant about. There needs to be something put in as far as health care for these players for after they retire. I'm just going to say it again. I feel like there needs to be something in place 
for these players for when they retire as far as health care and medical benefits. I think that the raises are great. The incentives are great. But I think that the NFL as a multi-billion dollar business should afford these guys some type of health care after their careers due to the violent nature of their employment. There I said it. If anybody doesn't agree with me, chime in right now. Facebook Live, Sports Rap Radio Show is the group page. You know where it is. Get me. All righty. So, um, I'm going to get into this NBA, I'm sorry, NFL mock draft right now. But I got to check something real quick. Okay, you hear some music there? All right, so we're back, and I will get to some things in a few. And again, uh, going into this NFL draft, it should be the Eagles look to be very, very active um, in this draft, I believe. Um, They have, let me see. Eagles have eight total picks uh, in in this draft uh, coming up, remaining. Uh, they traded a couple away, and I'll give you that what they did um, going into the draft. Uh, matter of fact, let me let me do this. Just do this right now. I'm going to use this section and not the other section. So the Eagles um, did make some moves in free agency. And they made a couple trades. They signed a couple players and whatnot. So here's what they did so far. Um, as far as looking at what they had in this draft, this upcoming draft. So they traded Michael Bennett and a seventh-round pick to the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. They also traded a 2019 sixth-round to the Bucks for Deshaun Jackson and the Bucks, uh seventh in 2020. They traded a 2026 round. It could have been a fifth uh, full to the Bears for then running back Jordan Howard. Uh, after that, they traded a pick, the pick with Deshaun Jackson that they got from the Bears and Jonathan Cyprian to the Falcons for Duke Riley in the number six and a six round pick. Uh, they were awarded three comp- compensatory picks and they traded their original third they originated they originally they, well, they traded their original third round pick and fifth round pick to the Lions for cornerback Darius Slade Jr. which ended up being the number 85 and the number 166 overall which were the better of the two picks that they have in those two rounds they still have another third and one fifth but with the trade for Darius Lee, they gave up the higher picks in those rounds. Uh, Claude, glad you're back. Okay. Um, now, the remaining picks that the Eagles have are in the first round, they have their own pick at number 21. They have their own second round pick, um, number 53. Their own third round or the compensatory pick in the third round, which is number 103. 
one, two, three fourth round picks, two compensatory and one of their own, uh, one fifth round pick and one sixth round pick. So there's a lot of talk about them trading up to somewhere around 15 to draft the speedy Alabama receiver, Henry Ruggs, uh, which is something that they need. Um, and his speed is is ridiculous, okay? Uh, I think they did some things on the defensive end uh, in free agency and via trades. So I think their first goal in this draft is going to be around their offense and how they can improve their offense as well. Um, they definitely need to draft a receiver. I also think that they need to try and look for another running back since they let Jordan Howard walk and he recently signed with Miami. Now, moving along, going back, uh, let's see. Do we have, yes, we have second round here. Uh, in the second round, number 53, and these are only just two rounds that I have. This is the proposed paid trade with Denver. They have them pick, picking Lucas Nang um, out of the Texas Christian, out of TCU. And then the third round, number 103, it has them taking Terrell Burgess, the safety, out of Utah. So that could also help because I still think they could use some help, some backup help um, on that back end and back end in that secondary. So the Eagles, again, I think will be, be major, major players come draft time. And I think that they will definitely try to uh, make a trade and move up in the draft and get something that is definitely, definitely needed for them in um, the draft. So, again, the general consensus is for them to move up and, and take a wide receiver. I mean, it's heavy. The, um, the other mock draft that I looked, it gave an outcome of four possible selections at number 21. Again, um, on this particular one, uh, they didn't move up. They stayed at 21, and it looks like there they could possibly get Justin Jefferson, a wide receiver out of LSU. Another good wide receiver, T. Higgins from Clemson. A linebacker, which they need help in that position too, uh, Patrick Queen from LSU. And then another wide receiver, Denzel Mims out of Baylor. So, you know, again, like I said, the Eagles will definitely, definitely be heavy, heavy players um, going into this draft. And it, it just looks like they will make some moves. I think they'll make a trade up. I think that's what's going to happen because Robert Reeves, thanks for tuning in. I think, yeah, I think that they'll make a move up because it's only feasible that they get something that they need. And the only way that they'll be able to do that, it looks like now is to move up in the draft and they will have to make a trade. So one of the things I wanted, the last thing that I wanted to mention um, is, and I said, I gave kudos to FIFA, which is the soccer organization and what they are planning is they are planning to donate money from their 2.7 billion in cash reserves to other uh soccer organizations who are struggling or who are going through a tough financial situation so here earlier we talked about the big huge nba talking proposing uh 50 percent pay cuts 
we talked about the NFL and their new collective bargaining agreement and how those players are going to get raises and how raises will affect them. Well, we never mentioned anything about uh, the overall conglomerate, NBA, NFL, donating to any team that is in the financial strap. So I understand it's different types of sports. It's different. I do understand. I get that. But you have to you have to give credit where credit is due. You have to call a spade a spade. And I give kudos to FIFA as an organization, as a conglomerate, who was willing to use their money, their reserve money, to help other teams within that organization. So I think that's a great thing. I think that needs to be applauded. And I just had to bring that up and mention it on air. And before I close out, folks, closing out a little early today, uh, I have to remind you that there is another documentary that I need you to watch. And I think it will have a lot of conversation, a lot of dialogue behind it. So I will definitely be watching and tuned in. Uh, my DVR is set to record it. And it's called The Last Dance. You know, like Donna Summer, Last Dance, Last Dance. Well, just a little joke in there, a little humor. It is a documentary on the Chicago Bulls and the run of one Michael Jordan, arguably the GOAT NBA. Premieres April 19th, ESPN, 9 p.m., episodes one and two. So make sure you check that out. And I will be reminding you up until that moment when it airs. Again, folks, thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everyone that tuned in, that chimed in, let me know you were tuned in. I hope I gave you some information. I hope I gave you a little light uh, in the tunnel. Uh, hopefully we will get some sports, some live sports soon. Like I said, be on the lookout for that virtual draft in the WNBA. And also, just be mindful, people. Like I say, if you need to stay in, if you don't have to come out, stay in. Be safe. As always, tune in to Sports Wrap on Monday. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You can catch me all week on social media at sportswrap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. Sportswrap Radio Show, the group page on Facebook, the webpage, sportswrapradio.com, and iHeartRadio for the podcast and everywhere else that you get your podcast. Check us out. And don't forget YouTube. You can watch some old stuff there on YouTube. Sports Rap TV is the channel, so go check us out. And again, folks, it's Monday. It's nice out. The weather is changing, although we cannot be outside. We have to make the best of it. This will pass. We will get through this, but we have to do our part and do as we're told. Make sure you wash your hands. Make sure you are wearing your mask. If you go outside, as we are being told now, anyone that goes outside needs to wear a mask. So please, please pay attention to that, people. I've been out. I've been wearing my mask outside. I have seen people outside without masks and all of that stuff. So people are not paying attention, and the numbers are growing. Uh, people are just not paying attention. They're being hard-headed and being stubborn. And I'll tell you, it will affect you in one way or another in the long run. Again, our moniker is usually be great on purpose, but we got to change it for this time that we are in. Be safe on purpose, folks. It's your boy D signing out. I will see you all week on social media and next Monday in studio. 
Talk to you on the airways, on social media again. Definitely, definitely. Stay safe, be safe, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in. See you next week.